Good evening and welcome to Around the World Sports. My name is Aaron Shellen, and tonight I am happy to be joined by two men who between them have 100 years experience being involved in West Aurora Athletics, Neil Ormond and Rick Albright. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight and how are you doing? Well, a pleasure to join you, Aaron, and good to see Rick also doing, uh, doing as well as can be expected under these circumstances. Uh, and it's amazing to think that this all happened since our very last broadcast, one of the last in the country of uh, any sporting event back on March 11th. Yeah, we were talking about that uh, before before we went live here, and one of the and we we broadcast the 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 West Aurora East Aurora um, uh, a sectionals game, and it was that night that the NBA started pulling players off the court. And it was the very next day that uh, leagues started shutting down. The IHSA, I think, shut uh, all their games down within the next 24 to 48 hours. So, yeah, we had we absolutely had the last full house stadium uh, that I know of. I mean, we had, what, 1,800 people packed into in into that into that gym. So. There wasn't a lot of social distancing at that night either. No, there certainly was not. We were, we were, if there's anything closer than shoulder to shoulder, that's what we were that night for sure. You um, mean all this, all this pandemic thing started because I was in Georgia and I missed the East West game. That could be it. That, that absolutely could be it. You were there in spirit. We had your jacket there though. We had your jacket there. Jacket there in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Um, before, I, we get into it, and I mentioned that the two of you have a uh, hundred years experience within the the West. Actually, to correct the record, Aaron, uh, Rick is uh, much younger than I am. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, he started broadcasting, and Rick, I did research this. Nineteen seventy one was when you first uh, started doing football with me, and Danny Butts was the West quarterback. That was seventy one, so fifty years for Mister Albright. I started back in nineteen sixty four, so this was my fifty sixth year uh that just concluded so, so be- that's six between the two of us so between the three of us we have 107 years <laughs> uh so but, but before i get into the before i get into the past i want to talk a little bit about um just this past season of west Aurora basketball it was something that 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 i was able to be a part of through wbig and and it was an unbelievable experience for me um yeah, from that first game at, at Naperville Central all the way to that final game of the year against uh, against East. I, I met some great people. Um, and, I, and I frankly, I saw a lot of really good basketball and I saw a lot of passion out of a lot of kids. And um, so just sort of a quick recap of the season. The boys finished 11 and 20, uh, but they won the, the regional championship. And anytime you can put a trophy in the case, it was a, it was a successful season. Going on a beating, uh, number three seed and a number 11 seed. 
Yeah, going on that Cinderella run, they beat a 27-win Wabansi team, and then they beat Plainfield Central before losing uh, to East in that sectional semifinals. The girls had an unbelievable regular season, winning 20 games, uh, and they made it to the regional championship game. So all in all, it was a very, very successful season for the West Aurora basketball program, both boys and girls. So what what stood out to you guys what moment, what game, what what stood out to you about the 2019-2020 uh, West Aurora basketball season? Rick, you want to go first? You're muted, Rick. I would say definitely that the uh, the, the never give up spirit of, of the team. You know, they, and I think they, they saved their best games for the best teams. And, uh, you know, they were going to a game where they were uh, underdog and it would be a two-point game throughout. And, uh, you know, they win a couple of those and lose a couple of those. Um, I, I don't think most West Aurora fans would consider the season a success. We are a spoiled, motley crew. We, uh, if we don't have 20 wins, you know, it's usually – usually not considered a success. Unfortunately, that's just the way it is with West Aurora fans and the, the regional championship salvaged some of that. But, uh, you know, I, I, you'd have a hard time convincing a lot of West Side fans. It was a successful season. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Rick. Uh, uh, fans have come to be used to uh, 20 plus wins in a year. The last three years winning the conference title, uh, winning 20 games or more. Uh, I think they were 28 and six last year, but coming into the season, I think most West followers knew it was going to be a, a rebuilding year, if you will, a tough year because uh, we really didn't have a lot of senior experience coming back other than Kelvin Balfour and uh, four players who had played at West as freshmen and some as sophomores uh, were not on the team but did star for East Aurora and Oswego. And you take those four players away uh, and only have Kelvin Balfour, uh, it, it really uh, was a year that I think uh, was rewarding in the sense that uh, despite the adversity, and there was injuries also that occurred during the year, key players. Uh, Kelvin Balfour had broken his foot during the summer. Uh, uh, Logan Mont uh, was injured and, and lost about... Uh, seven games during the year. Kenny Dyson was injured during the year. So uh, put all that together. And I think, frankly, that the players and the coaching staff did a very good job uh, culminating in the, those two upset wins in the regional. And that, for me, was the capture, uh, uh, captured the uh, season's improvement and intensity, uh, winning those two games when they were definitely underdogs. And uh, uh, going into the sectional semifinal. So I, I think uh, I'm not disappointed about the season. Uh, I hope West fans are not given all of the adversity and, and lack of experience that they had. Uh, we know we've got a great sophomore class coming up, but it, uh, it really is the type of a season that tests your coaching staff. And Rick would know this uh, being a coach. Uh, those are some of the most satisfying seasons when you take kids that are not superstars and turn them into a team that is able to win some close ball games. Yeah, Rick, that what did you see? And 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 I'll get to kind of my my memory or my my biggest kind of 
take away from this season. But Rick, what did you see? And that brings up a great point. What did you see from Coach Johnson and his coaching staff? Because, I mean, at the end of the year, at the end of the calendar year, this was a, a team that was really struggling to find their identity. What did you see from the coaching staff and from the team that that allowed them to, to really play their best basketball at the end of the season? I think Coach uh, Johnson's emphasis on defense and uh, the improvement on defense that we saw throughout the year, I think he convinced Kelvin Belfour that his game was to distribute the ball and to bring involve his teammates. And, uh, you know, just the confidence the team has as they moved along. And we said this several times, it would have been very easy for this team just to lay down. And they never did that. They never did it. They did some big games and almost won games uh, that lost to Oswego East right before the end of the regular season uh, was typical of how uh, taking a, a much highly favored team right down to the wire. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and Rick, you said it earlier that they, they really played up to the level of their top of their tough competition. The longer the season went on. I mean, they played um, uh, they played East Aurora really tough earlier in the season uh, they played, uh, I believe it was Joliet West, uh, one of the top 10 teams in the country. They played, they were actually beating them af- at, uh, at halftime. They were leading Bolingbrook after three quarters. So they played up to the level of their competition really throughout the season. And, and, and Rick, you made a great point about, about Calvin. And, and I think the one thing I noticed between from him, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season is those that that tournament at the beginning of the year, he led the team in scoring. He averaged 20 points a game, whatever it was. The end of the season, he was still averaging 20 points a game, but the team was so much more efficient offensively because he was he wasn't forcing his shots. He was he was running the offense that Coach Johnson wanted to run, and it helped that other people stepped up. I mean, Kenny Dice in the second half of the year, once they moved him into the starting lineup, played uh, played. Fantastic, uh, Axel Axel Matola. When when, right. when he had his head in the game, Axel was was a was a force both offensively and defensively. Um, you know, Chris Nieves when his shot was falling. You know, they they had they ab- they absolutely had the players on the team that allowed him to be successful. And you could just see. I ma- I made this comment a couple of times to you guys throughout the course of the season. You could see the actual improvement in these players game over game over game. I mean, it was a different team in February than it was in, than it was in, in November. And and that's, that's absolutely a testament to, to coach Johnson and the rest of that coaching staff. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, 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 the arrow was absolutely pointing up for, for the boys as the season went on. And, and, and Neil, you had a front row seat for, um, you know, many of, of the girls games, uh, they, they finished their season 20 and nine. What, what stood out, what stood out to you about, about the girls, about the girls team this year? I think again, uh, it was a team, uh, that overcame adversity. They, uh, they had some good players. Uh, some of the underclassmen were the, some of their better players, but it was a matter of coach Teresa Waldinger, uh, convincing the ladies that it had to be a team effort. And so, uh, she got them to work better and better. They won a lot of close ball games, uh, so they were uh, mature in that respect, starting right from the get-go when they won the Wabansi Valley uh, Warhawk tournament uh, with, a, with a couple of upset wins in that one and uh, proceeded to 
run the uh, conference uh, title back to Aurora. Uh, in fact, it was the only conference title that West Aurora won this past school year uh, in the fall and winter seasons. So uh, those girls uh, really played very well as a team. They were a very hardworking team. Uh, Riley Mont was one of the uh, leading scorers in the area. She's only a sophomore. Uh, so she's got two more years to go and she's uh, a definite, uh, I think, division one player someplace if, if she chooses to go that route. Uh, she's also a very good softball player and she could choose to go softball. Uh, and I'm fortunate to be able to coach her in both sports. But uh, uh, a lot of other uh, seniors, uh, unsung seniors in some cases, Taylor Wyatt was a perfect example of a young lady that was not a, a star, but she was the ultimate team player, hard worker, set a great role model. And uh, even though she didn't start that many games, uh, she was as important to the team as any of the other players out there. The twins really improved, I thought, the, the Lambert twins, uh, Izzy and Ree. Uh, they both were starters. Uh, and uh, I think Izzy may be going on to uh, play uh, in college. And I know Ree is going to Augustana, where she may have an opportunity to play also. Uh, those were two senior keys for us. Olivia Vanderwood, a big 5'9 uh, center. I say big because it's all relative. She was our biggest. And uh, she was our leading rebounder. But she went up against some even taller girls during most of the season. So it was a, a great, satisfying season. And uh, congratulations to, to them for winning that conference title. Yeah, that Mont family has uh, quite a bit of athletic of athletic talent. Logan, uh, of course, playing college football, uh, not basketball. He's playing in. He's in Iowa, correct? Not well, not at Central. Iowa, but he's in. He's playing in he, Iowa. He's going to be playing at Central uh, College in Pella, Iowa, uh, which is his mother's alma mater. Oh, is it? Yes, uh, okay. and he chose oh, okay. to go football uh, and. Uh, Set all kinds of school records as a receiver, even though he was a, a, a quarterback for three years coming into the last season. Rick, what about you? I saw five of the girls' games that I, I, I saw just as a fan, mm -hmm. and I was impressed with the coaching. Uh, and also, I was the big girl, your post player, what's her name? Liz? Olivia. Olivia. Yeah. I watched her as a sophomore, and she stood outside and shot the three. Yes, she likes but to. On this, on this team, you know, she needed to be where she was, inside rebounding and being being a post player. So that was a sacrifice for her, too. And your job as a coach is to un get the kids to understand why those things are necessary. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. So I want to um, I want to uh, I want to go back in time here a little bit. So. Um, Neil, you've got 56 years. Rick, you've got 50. Aaron has one. So I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, so, so take me back and, and let's talk about, let's, let's start with, because I've heard stories from both of you about, about what I think your favorite teams are, but I, I want to, I just want to hear, um, you know, going back, looking at, at the last five decades, what team stands out to you uh, in, in the West Aurora program? Boys, girls, doesn't matter. What team Stands out to you and why. Rick, I'll start with you. Okay, I've got to say the 2000 team because a number of things. It was my last year of coaching. We were state champions. Which team is this? 2000. The 
uh, boys basketball. Boys basketball. Boys basketball. Okay. Yeah, because um, they didn't have a star player. They had five players who averaged between three, 13 and 15 points. Um, they weren't expected to do that well, you know, because they didn't have the big name player that, you know, that some of the other teams had. And we'll, we'll talk about the uh, 76 team in a little bit, you know, but they had five or four division one players on the starting team, you know, but, but this team, you know, even though a couple of them did play division one basketball, you know, there, there were no consensus all staters. So I think the 2000 was, was my, my favorite team. And, uh, and a lot of that was because it was my swan song and the coaching staff too. So I, I probably enjoyed that one as much. Neil, what about you? Neil? That would be right near the top of my list also, Rick. The, 2000, the epitome of what a team should be. Uh, but during my years, and uh, I have to exclude uh, when I was a player, uh, most memorable uh, team was the 1958, and then they went on in 59 to uh, go downstate, make the final four, both of them in 58 and 59. But since I've been broadcasting in 64, I'd have to give the nod to a couple teams. I think the 1973 team, which finished third in the state, had many of the same things that, uh, Rick, you just talked about for the 2000 team. Uh, the, the Including, Neil, in, including a 6'5 point guard. <laughs> Jay Bryant, yeah. Yes, John Bryant. Or, uh, John Bryant, rather, yeah. John went on to play at Marquette. And uh, that, that was a, a very good team. Matthew Hicks was on that team. And uh, speaking of the Hicks family, uh, Ronnie Hicks, who just unfortunately passed away this past week, was a star on the 1976 team. He led the team in both rebounding and scoring in 76. They went on to finish second in the second shot at the buzzer by Laird Smith of Morgan Park to uh, upset the uh, West Hopes for winning their first state championship. But that 76 team, uh, again, some very unsung players. Uh, Jay Bryant played on that one, along with people like Joe Michaels, uh, Ronnie Hicks, as we said. Larry Hatchett was another uh, key player on that team. Uh, so I, I, I give a nod to both 73 and 76. And then in recent years, uh, the uh, 1984 team that was uh, led by Kenny Battle uh, was was favorite team to watch. They were certainly exciting with Kenny and Randy Norman and others uh, on that great team. Uh, and then uh, 97 that finished uh, in the second place in the state and certainly 2000 has to top the list. Uh, the 2000 team and you were on the coaches bench for all of that uh, really brought back so many memories. When I see some of those players today, uh, uh, Mike Fowler, who's now the head coach at Plainfield East, was the point guard. I remember him hitting one from near midcourt to finish off the third quarter. Uh, so many great memories of all of those teams. Neil, we mentioned uh, the Hicks, both from 73 and 76. And uh, both those kids, when they were eighth graders, freshmen, were B team players, Ronnie and Matt. And well, improved I mean, much. And the coaches should have had them higher, I think. Who was the coach back then? Now? <laughs> yeah. And uh, of course, they both went on to play in college, and uh, both of them went to play overseas professionally. 
Um, and we mentioned the, the Hicks family and the Bryant's family. You know, there have been a number of great, great families. And I mentioned those two on Facebook. And then I had to come back a day later and correct it because you had the Heiss family with a, a number of great Heiss basketball right. players. You had the Fowlers, you yes. know, Herman yeah. Fowler, who was a great basketball player. And then you just mentioned Mike, his grandson. Um, no, his son. And his, son. Uh, his, son. his, his grandson played too. Um, so, the, the, you know, there's been a bunch of great families and they've all contributed to the basketball program. And, you know, they're to be applauded. The, the Bryant family uh, is right near the top of the list of that. When you talk about families, right? Remember when uh, they moved to town and uh, Fred Bryant was a senior, John Bryant was a sophomore. And uh, you knew right then that the little Bryants, that are little brothers, were going to be ball players too. And uh, sure enough, they, they were all the way through Mark, who was uh, the baby of the family. Yeah, and uh, again, in tribute to to Ronnie Hicks, uh, you know, he wasn't the biggest player on that team. We had a, a six eight centered Bruce Johnson who went on to play at Villanova, correct? He did. And yeah. one of my highlights was the Villanova coach came to take uh, Bruce out for dinner and Bruce could pick two coaches to go with him. Actually, he picked three. And uh, he picked uh, you know, McDougal and uh, two, eight, two of his grade school coaches, myself and Jim Foster. And that was a, a great evening sitting there with Raleigh and uh, the coach from Villanova, Massimilo, and yeah. listen to all his stories, you know, about the games that he had played in. It was just a great, great evening. I, I, I was at the, uh, his house, Johnson's house, when Raleigh Massimino came the night that he signed with Villanova and uh, just hearing the stories from that legendary coach was, was quite a treat, but you talk about coaches, uh, Aaron, uh, you didn't get a chance to see the earlier coaches in the, in the dynasty for West and West was named one of the top 10 dynasties uh, by the uh, uh, Tribune. I think it was this past week uh, for the basketball in the last 20 years, but you can go back to the early days when Dick Dorsey in 1958-59 uh, took West Down State, and then John McDougal came in, and he was there for 11 years, took West to the state quarter, uh, state semifinals in 73, and then the state championship in 76. And then Gordy Kirkman, the legendary Coach Kirkman, 39 years as a head coach, one of the winningest coaches in state history, and boy, what a run he had. All of those coaches were just great people to work with from a broadcasting standpoint, uh, as is Brian Johnson, the West Coast. So we, Neil, I'm going to tell you a story. Neil, I'm going to tell you a coaching story now you haven't heard. Okay. This is good. <laughs> Maybe you have. My dentist is Joe Michaels, who just mentioned a second ago uh, on that 76 team. And Joe was a defensive specialist, a, a great all-around player, athlete. In his weight room at one time. Oh. No, we're good. Oh, it, no, we're good. Okay. In his waiting room at one time, he had Coach McDougal and Bill Warden, the Morgan Park coach, waiting for his dental, the dental work from Joe. <laughs> and he said, he, every time he looked out in his waiting room, here were these two legendary coaches who had gone head to head and lost in a last second shot for West Aurora by Laird Smith of Oregon Park. And here they were just swapping stories back and forth, waiting to see Joe. 
when, when Rick was coaching, Joe was my color man on the broadcast. Aaron, for many <laughs> yeah, years, so for Michael's help. You know, one of the things he said. Oh, go ahead, Rick. Sorry. One of the. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, uh, Joe. Joe said that he and Bill Warden, whom he had this dislike for because cost him a state championship, became really good friends and went out to lunch. And uh, uh, I believe Joe was at his wedding. He married late in life, and uh, he was amazed how great a guy he was. Well, that's good. That's good. Uh, real gentleman. One of the things that, that stood out for me, um, I think we actually lost Rick's video. We've got a still shot there of him, so that's okay. But one of the things that stood out for me this year um, was was how accommodating Coach Johnson, not just Coach Johnson, but the entire coaching staff. I, I've never been in a situation where a head coach, having just lost – a big game or, you know, just any game. I mean, there were, he would come up to me and say, Hey, do you want to talk? You know, most players, most coaches, when they lose, they're, they're out the door, you know, but, but there were times, I think it was in that game against East. I think it was in that final game against East. They had just lost the, the, the regional semifinal game against East Aurora and coach Johnson sectionals came up to me and said, Hey, do you want to talk? And I was yep. floored because you just Great don't gentleman. you just don't see that most. Like I said, teams lose, especially in an important game like that. They just want to get back to the locker room. They want to, you know, he wants to console his kids. He wants to do whatever. But he made himself available to us before and after every single game. And I know our listeners really appreciated that. I've had people tell me the same thing that win or lose, Coach Johnson, all and. Uh, that was, I think, representative of the man. What a gentleman he is! Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and so the moment for me, and and we got, you know, this is what I was hoping would happen. But the moment for me that really stood out of of this past season, and and I want to kind of get into, you know, your both of your histories here in just a second. But but for me, the 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 individual moment that stood out from this this past season was. Um, uh, Neil Ormond uh, recognition night and and not just because you were honored and you were you were um you know you were you were inducted into um the the IHSA you were given the IHSA distinguished, distinguished media, media award but yes. but that whole night I mean that game ended with a half court buzzer beater from Kelvin Balfour I mean that whole night was just perfect start to finish and and to me that 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 was the in, that was the single best night of the season for me, I think, and all of that action happened right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two of you exploded in your seats when it happened, and Coach Johnson and I were a little bit more under control. But yeah, that, which I knew this team had it in them a, a final stretch run that was going to be uh, impressive. That what a, what a that'll be a life be a memory. Life. Well, it was for me too, Neil, just so you honored. And tonight was very special because I found out I had 50 years of experience and not 46. Shoot, that's right. another milestone. There you go. Congratulations <laughs> on, on 50 years. <laughs> I just gained four years in the last half hour. <laughs> so so that so so we talked a little bit about about the teams that stand out for you guys. Um I wanna transition to 
Um, individual players. Is there a player in the last 50 years that, that to you sort of really, you know, if, if you could have a, a, you know, a Mount Rushmore of West Aurora athletes, you know, who would be on that? Who are the athletes that really to you signify West Aurora athletics? I think we'd agree on number one. I think it would be Kenny battle. Let's see what Neil thinks. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Also on that list, now is where it gets dicey. You would have to put John Bryant, I believe. I would have to put uh, oh, his name escapes me now. He was just there a couple of years ago. I would put Cameron on there. What was the last name, Neil? Cameron Denotlin. 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 Yeah. Okay, I'd put Denotlin on there too. Um, boy, how do you narrow down? You know, you got the Bryants and the Hicks. You know, Matt Hicks, I think he still owns a dunk record at Northern. 19. You know, he's got to be on there. Also, Rick, and, and uh, I think you would agree with me that uh, Billy Taylor, from uh, the class of uh, 91, uh, one of the top four scorers all time for West deserves to be on the list because he went on to a great career, uh, coached at Notre Dame, uh, now is uh, coaching, uh, still coaching as a head coach, and assistant coach in, in the major division one programs. Uh, but Billy Taylor was a four year starter for West. And then and the three year starter at Notre Dame. I believe. Yeah, right. Digger Phelps. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, we had some great scores over the years, Aaron. Uh, uh, John Trell Walker, I think, is uh, probably the leading scorer, class of 2014. Uh, but we also had Juwan Starks, class of 12, uh, 2012. Uh, mentioned Ken. Kenny's only the number five highest scorer for West, but boy, was he exciting. Uh, and he really blossomed because he, as a uh, freshman, he did not play. Uh, but as a sophomore, he scored only 140 points. But he came to play in 1984 when we went downstate. And then, of course, uh, playing in college and also playing in the in the pro ranks, uh, the NBA. Uh, so uh, the list goes on and on of players who not necessarily the high scorers, but were great rebounders, great team players. Uh, there's 25 players who would be among the best for West. Yeah, I'm sure I could call out a season and say which player stood out on this team and and the two of you would 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 be able to to pick a name. I mean, that's that's the great thing about about high school and and college sports is that it's it's constantly cyclical. I mean, it's four years and and you move on or it's three years or if you're in college, it's one year and you move on. But that's the great thing about about non-professional sports is that there are so many different people that 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 go through the 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 different programs that, you know, there are I'm sure there are hundreds of different players that that the two of you could could tell me stories about. Yes, I would I would think that maybe David Heiss would be up in there, too. Neil, he was, you know, he all had a good uh, collegiate career and uh, and a, a small professional career. 
Yes. Yeah, he went to uh, uh, Bemidji State, uh, didn't he? Bemidji State in it's in Minnesota, correct? Yeah, along with uh, David Lee, another West great guard uh, who went went up there and was a West. Yeah, and David Heiss played with the Utah Jazz for yes, several right. games. I didn't right. realize yes. I didn't realize that there were so many um, pro players from West. I mean, you have to assume that, that because the program has been so successful that they were going to have their fair share of of D one and you know and, and players that went to to major major colleges and stuff. But I didn't realize there were there were so many players that had that had actually made it to the NBA. It's such a small fraction of of the number of of people that play you know college and, and high school sports but uh but and, that's and one of the other ones uh uh and i was fortunate enough to be a teammate of his bill small class of 59 who was our leading scorer first team all state as a junior and we, when we finished fourth and then in 59 uh he led us to second place uh and he went on and played uh, uh back then the pros were not the way it is now right for the uh, Goodyear team, uh, went up to Detroit, and uh, his uh, he had two sons. He and Kay Flanders, who was a West grad, uh, had a son, Mike Small, who has become one of the leading golf coaches in college now. The University of Illinois as the head coach in golf, and has been the PGA uh, winner, I think, for uh, uh, a record number of, of years. Uh, Rick would know as a, as a golfer. And in fact, he just came off the golf links, I think, uh, <laughs> with the broadcast. But yeah, you, you, you know Mike Small. Yes. Do, I do, Neil. And uh, Bill Small, incredible story against Joliet. He had 53 or 54 points, 53. and Joliet had 51. <laughs> and that was before the three point shot. Um, all right. So. Next, uh, kind of the next, the next topic, and I've mentioned, I think I've mentioned this once or twice, but we've talked about teams, we've talked about players. What moment stands out for you? You know, what particular, what game, what you know, what moment within a game is kind of that one that that if if somebody says, "Hey, Rick, hey, Neil, tell me a story about West Aurora Athletics," what story are you going to? And, and, and I would quickly respond. That moment in 1976, state finals, West had never won a state championship, but they were winning in the fourth quarter as the seconds rolled down. And I thought to myself, we're going to do it. And then we lost the ball out of bounds, having a lead. Uh, and Morgan Park inbounded the ball. and Laird Smith hit what was probably about a 20-foot shot from outside as the horn sounded to win the game by one point over West Aurora. It just sucked the air out of me when I was broadcasting. It was as if somebody had kicked me in the stomach. Uh, that's a moment I will never forget. It's funny that you say that because normally, normally when people talk about individual moments, they talk about the victorious ones, they talk about the championships. They talk about the banners. They talk about the trophies. They talk about records, you know, this guy scored 53 points in a game or had 30 rebounds or whatever it is. And, and, and you go to a last, and I mean, it's, it's makes sense just because of the, 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 the stakes of the game, but it's not very often that that moment for you or for anybody is, is a loss. You know, that, that doesn't happen very often. So Rick, what about you? 
There's another moment that stood out for me, and Neil had to help me with the years because I'm hauling years. But East West came, came down to the last and a tip in for the win. It's at Aurora. The officials go to the bench to see if the shot was good. And the East Aurora scorekeeper said yes. Yeah, well, that, that was, was uh, that tip has been debated. It was 1973, Rick, and Craig Hardy tipped in a shot at the buzzer on a miss by John Bryant from the uh, corner in 1973. The, I think East coach Gordy, uh, uh, Ernie Cavisto to this day believes it came after the horn. But not only did they have a horn in those days, Aaron, but they had a, a pistol that they would shoot with blanks. <laughs> and the, the gun was being kept by... Uh, an East Aurora man, Art Court, and because of the argument that ensued afterward about did he shoot it soon enough, he never did another ball game for East uh, after that criticism. But we had a morning talk show uh, back in those days on the radio, and the morning after, uh, Coach Cavisto uh, came on and he said that he couldn't believe that they counted the shot. He said, well, even Ormond said that it came after the gun. Well, I didn't think it came after the gun. I said, there's a shot at the horn. It's tipped in good. And he used my delay in a call. most embarrassing moments as a broadcaster was implying that it, the tip-in came after the horn. It didn't, in my opinion. Uh, it came uh, just as the horn was sounding. So many moments between between East and West. How many how many yeah. times have the two teams? It's over two hundred, right? Uh, or no, it's over. It's over a hundred. It's like a hundred. How many times have they played each other? Uh, well, they, they started back in nineteen thirteen. One of the oldest rivalries in the country, and the series stands at one hundred thirty nine wins for West, ninety for East Aurora. They played two hundred and twenty nine games. So uh, yeah, there've been so many great memories and many years. Uh, despite the records coming in, it would be a close ball game, but either team could win. So, uh, yeah, so many yeah. memories. Uh, years. And so many years, one team would knock the other one out of the state tournament. Because they always played in the regional. The IHS signed them to the same regional. And uh, uh, West was generally the host of the regional and East the host of the sectional. And uh, that's another one that Ernie Cavisto felt was inappropriate because he never got to play West on his home floor uh, because West would always knock him out during the regional or almost always. You know, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've done um, most of my, my broadcasting career has been spent doing um, high school, lower level college and, and lower level professional sports. And I've never seen anything like the East West, the two East West games I was able to be a part of this year, uh, you know, and, and I know that that attendance at West games was was down this past season because the record wasn't what, you know, most West fans. So they had a new conference that played games on Thursday nights. Right. They, of, right. You right. talked about you talked about that a number of times during the season that because they were in a new conference, all of a sudden games were on different nights. They were at different times and 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 at People have to change their schedules. So, you know, I know that attendance isn't what it normally was, but even that regular season game at home, it was, it was, 
it was intense. And then, and that, that, that playoff game was. Aaron, you saw what happened when they put the uh, sectional uh, down at a school that only seated about 1800 people at Lockport. uh, Yeah. They sold out in within a couple hours, right? They had to turn people away within a couple hours of the tickets going on sale. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, when we talked about that at the beginning, I mean, we were literally shoulder to shoulder. I mean, we had, we had our, we had our table with our two seats and then we had people sitting on either side of us that were watching the game. And, you know, I, I have to think that if, you know, you put that game in a 4,000 seat stadium, it's still going to sell out. I mean, it, it was, it was packed. It was, it was yeah. a packed house for sure. A lot of people disappointed. Uh, and I think a lot of West fans too included that, that it, they didn't at East Aurora, one of the best venues in the state, one of the largest seating capacities, and they moved it or they assigned it to a school that didn't have anywhere near that, maybe half the seating that could have been at East Aurora had they played it there. Yeah, you know, and, and I did that actually gives me an opportunity to, to, to give a shout out to Justin, who, who runs the, the West Aurora basket, the boy, the, the basketball uh, Twitter feed. Uh, he was there with us that night and, and he ran a, a live stream through his uh, through through a, a streaming service to to allow people to watch the game and, and listen to you and I call the game. And, uh, you know, y- you do what you got to do to to get people, you know, so that people can watch it. And unfortunately, it didn't end the way we wanted it to. But uh, but yeah, that was that was it, it, it really it was quite an adventure. And, and, and I said this to you guys during the season that that I truly felt like I had been sort of, you know, accepted as an honorary, you know, West Aurora, you know, a booster or fan or, you know, alum or whatever you want to call it. You know, it was, it was a great experience. You know, it really, really was. I mean, we had, we had some bumps in the road, you know, there were some, some broadcasting hiccups, especially when we, you know, we're trying to broadcast that first game, that first East West game. And, and we ran into some, some technical issues on the back end and, People were not happy with us because they couldn't hear the game on the radio. But man, it was it was absolutely a great experience for me. I had I had such a good time uh, being a part of those games and you know coming well, as a in. Broadcast colleague, I, I want to thank you, Aaron. You really added a lot, and I know the West fans uh, certainly enjoyed having you uh, included in our coverage. Uh, and uh, uh, Rick, uh, of course, is the old standby. Fifty years, they they really enjoy uh, having Rick there with the uh, statistics and commentary. So uh, I want to say as the uh, uh, play-by-play guy, how much I appreciate the help and the input that both of you have given. Well, thank you, Neil. Let me tell you one more story about the the East-West game. Please. Now, you know that I was down in Georgia visiting a sick sister down there, Mm -hmm. and I was ready to listen to you guys. My niece built a, well, not quite a million dollar, but a little cabin in the woods, which is almost a million dollar cabin. And she's got all the latest technology in there. And I had heard her earlier say, Alexa, turn on the radio. So I had the basement of this uh, million dollar home for myself. And I went over and I said, Alexa, turn on WBIG radio, Aurora, nothing. And then I saw a power switch. And I repeated, Alexa, I was talking to the remote vacuum cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) 
and the remote vacuum cleaner took off. And it was all I could do to get the remote vacuum cleaner back into the porch. <laughs> but I did listen to the game, and I did watch some of it too with uh, Justin's. Yes, that was that was, that was great. <laughs> yeah, it was, like I said, it didn't end the way we wanted it to end, but. Uh, yeah, you know, it was it was a good it was a, it was a, a fun season. You know, you, I, I mentioned this at the beginning. You saw you saw growth from a lot of players, um, you know, players that that you know are moving on. You know, that team. You know, a lot of the the it wasn't an experienced team, but there were a lot of seniors. Uh, you know, so so a lot of those players are, are moving on to do other things. But you saw the growth. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, we used to joke that. Uh, that, that that no shot for Axel was a bad shot. You know, I mean, he, as soon as he was crossing half court, he was he was looking for his shot, and uh, you know, the the coaching staff was able to get him to to focus more on getting into the paint and driving into the paint. And you know, Rick, you mentioned uh, getting Kelvin to be more of a facilitator rather than a you know rather than a scorer. Uh, you know, Kenny Dyson, we mentioned him once he moved into the starting lineup. He played. You know, he played really, really well. Uh, we talked about the sophomores. Um, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Siler and Kenny Weekly came up, came, uh, came up. And Isaiah especially had a couple of games where where he was huge with 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 his shooting. Uh, so, yeah, the future, I think, is is definitely bright. I, I look forward to being a part of it. So I have one more question for the two of you. I know, Rick, you have a, a tea time tomorrow, so I want you to be able to to get to bed here at some point reasonably soon. But. Um, so you both have been honored over the years. Um, Rick, you're in the, the West Aurora Blackhawks Sports Boosters Hall of Fame. Neil, I mentioned earlier you were presented with the IHSA Distinguished Media Award this past January. Did either of you, when you first started, did you think this is where you were going to end up 50 years later? I mean, when you started this, when you started coaching or you started broadcasting, what was your what was your end goal? What was what did you want Rick. Rick holds the record, incidentally, for the most years coached. Uh, uh, looks like we just lost Rick, so hopefully. Oh, oh, there he is. We got his audio, but no video. Okay, that's okay. Rick, go ahead. Okay, I would read you a plaque that's on my wall here, and it's from a, a former football player of mine, Randy Melvin. And Randy was invited to my retirement dinner, probably by Neil. But he wrote me the best letters I've ever received. And it was on the letterhead of the New England Patriots. Randy was a defensive line coach. is where I, He played for me, too, <laughs> in eighth grade. But Randy, you know, he said, you know, I'm old enough so I can call you Rick. He said, but I, I prefer to be a coach. And his last paragraph said he mentioned the stops he'd made in his coaching career up until the New England Patriots, Super Bowl champions. And he said, the one thing that I always took from what from you, coach, was to make it fun. He said, I don't know if I ever had more fun than I had in my eighth grade football year. And he said, in every place I've stopped along the line, I've tried to remember that. And comments like that, you know, and particularly that one, you know, is is kind of a highlight. That's the saying, okay, here's your raison d'etre, your reason for being a 
enough. <laughs> that's great. No, that's that's a great story. You know, it's it's we 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 I think sometimes we forget that that sports are supposed to be fun. It's sports are they're games. They're they're you know, you get to play a game for you know, if you're professional, you're getting paid to play a game. And I think sometimes we forget that. And and there are coaches who who take the fun out of it because they're more interested in the win loss record than they are development and allowing the kids to enjoy themselves. And you know, if you have somebody who, who was able to take that with them throughout the years, I think that's a testament to you and the job that you did. And the other thing would be the friendship with Neil, you know, for 50 years, you know, I don't think we've ever had a crossword with each other. And, uh, I've made some dumb mistakes and, uh, you know, we've been with some experiences, you know, the times when you bring the uh, real tape recorder to the game, yes. but you only yeah. have, you don't have a take up reel, you know, it's things like that, you know, and we go back to that far and, uh, to the immortal Bob block who got us both started in this business, you know, just a big thanks there. Neil, it's all yours. Uh, I agree with you, Rick, uh, the fun is so important. Uh, I still remember my first game of doing high school after uh, getting started in uh, sports casting in, in college uh, and in graduate school. And then uh, deciding, even though I had an opportunity to go with NBC and uh, replace uh, a legend named Keith Jackson up in Washington, I decided I want to come back to Aurora and do high school sports on WBIG uh, for a, a gentleman named Bob Locke. And my first game, I still remember vividly, was at St. Charles uh, in the football stadium where they had never had a radio broadcast. So I took a long telephone wire, hooked it up in the school, strung it through the trees to the top row of the bleachers uh, at St. Charles. And wouldn't you know, it rained that night. So here we are trying to broadcast a game. That was my baptism in 1964. Uh, but throughout all the years, it's been, uh, I had no idea that it would lead to this many years behind the microphone. I just knew that I was blessed to have the opportunity to bring to people the games of high school players, the purest form of athleticism, I think. And every year you get a new team, you've got dedicated coaches and players, uh, so many things that are rewarding. The friendships with all of the coaches that I've gotten to know over the years has been fantastic. Even officials now uh, come up and, and uh, will remind me uh, that they uh, uh, listen to the games when they're not there. And they're glad that I don't get all over the referees. Uh, I, I said, no, oh, that's Rick Albright. That's Whenever Rick's job. Right. I remember hearing those stories. That's Rick's job. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so many things uh, that, that uh, have been blessings for me. And I never had any idea when I got started. That it would be, uh, now 56 years and counting uh, in, in this profession. So, uh, I, I couldn't be uh, luckier to be in this situation. Well, again, I want to thank both of you. Um, you know, and I said this at the end of, of the season, you know, I, me coming in as the new guy, uh, you know, you really, and I remember the, the, the first, first couple of games, I really tried to 
I guess, control myself because I didn't want to, I didn't want to step on toes. You know, the two of you have been doing this for so long that I didn't want to be that guy to come in and, and, you know, start to blabber all over Rick and, you know, not let Rick get his stuff in. And, you know, I, I, it was really, it was, it was a challenge for me initially coming into that situation because the two of you have worked for so long together that, that you have that, that innate, you know, relationship and, you know, Rick knows when it's time, you know, for it's time for him to start talking and Neil knows when, when Rick is going to say, and, you know, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to get in the way of that. You know, I just wanted to be there to add, you know, add my insight. And, and it, it, it occurred to me really quickly that guys were okay with me stepping in and saying what I had to say. And I wasn't stepping on toes and, and and that you you appreciated what I was bringing to the broadcast, and that made it easy for me. You know, it made it very comfortable for me. It made it a very simple transition coming into a you know a, a, a turning a two man booth into a three man booth is is never an easy thing. But and the two of you made it very 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 easy for me, very seamless. And and uh, yeah, I mean I've said it a hundred times, but but I had an absolute blast, and and I can't wait to do it again. Well, you met the challenge and you rose to it. So uh, we re- enjoyed having you. Thank you, Rick. We certainly did. And uh, we look forward to the future also. Uh, I think uh, because you are a professional and have that good sense about it in a profession that is really very rare. There aren't very many high school uh, broadcasters now. Mm-hmm. In and uh, there's a unique thing about it. West Aurora is a unique place also. Uh, great people, great students, great players, uh, and a community that really appreciates the dedication and professionalism that uh, I think our broadcasts uh, try to uh, uh, follow. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, I wanted to take, I wanted to thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me tonight. It's, it's been, been nice to catch up. I haven't, haven't seen either of you since the end of the season. So it's been very nice to catch up. Some of the stories I've heard before, some of them I haven't. And that, was exactly what I was hoping because for me this is just an opportunity to learn more about the program and learn more about more about what I was involved in this past season. Um, yeah, so so once again, uh, you know, tonight I had the pleasure of being joined by West Aurora legends Neil Orman and Rick Albright. Hopefully, guys, the three of us will be back together again for the 2020 2021 West Aurora Hoops season. Um, again, thank you for your time guys. My name is Aaron Challen and this has been around the world sports. You can reach me on Facebook at around the world sports on Twitter at sports guy, Aaron, or you can email me at Aaron. I M S Lombard at gmail.com. Have a great night, everyone. Bye-bye. You're seeing you. Bye-bye till next time. And that's the way it is. Take care of yourself. Good night and good luck.